Pro Football Focus continues its preview of the college football season by ranking college players at every position. Today, we'll get into the tight ends and dive into the trenches. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know going on around the Big Ten Conference every day of the week. Coming up in just another week here when August starts up. We'll be back Monday through Friday, but until then, at least three times a week, of course, here during the off-season months. I'm Nate Dickinson. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen every single weekday. And today, Pro Football Focus is the place to go for advanced stats, if you ask me. The way that Chris Collinsworth and his team have put together his analysis is remarkable and if I want to know who is really the best of the best in some of the spots where it's not always quite as obvious pro football focus is I think the best resource and you're going to see some of those positions in what we're going over here today PFF has been releasing the top players at each position in college football based on both rankings and projections and stats before and all of it put together they have 25 players at each position or position group and we're going to get into the trenches here today offensive line one of the hardest positions to judge from an outsider's perspective there aren't really stats to get into but pro football focus of course is trying to get rid of that problem and they have their way of doing things in measurements and have their top 25 both tackles and interior offensive linemen we'll get into both of them but first we are going to start still on the line in the down position on offense a lot of the time, especially in the Big Ten, but with pass catchers too. It's the top 25 tight ends, according to Pro Football Focus, in all of the country. A total of four Big Ten tight ends making that list. To be quite honest, I I don't know if I was even expecting four. Big Ten not obviously known hugely for its tight end talent. Plenty of good wide receivers, of course, plenty of good running backs too, but obviously Power 5 Conference too, you're going to have good talent everywhere. Let's start right at the top of the Big Ten, number six overall, and an interesting pick if you ask me from PFF. It's Eric All out of Michigan. Now, when you look at Eric All's stats, he will not be the top statistic tight end returning in the Big Ten. Last season, he had 38 receptions for 437 yards and two touchdowns. Not trailing the pack by a huge amount by any means, but not the top of the top. Where PFF really, really likes him, though, is in his run blocking ability. They put notes on him as all made their sleepers category, again, in what they have from him here. Let me just read straight from it as we go to the tight ends here in the top of the class. Eric All, after an underwhelming first two years on campus, is finally starting to develop into the player Michigan was expecting, end quote. But this is where he really excels according to the PFF grades. He had five big-time run blocks, which is, I'm not sure exactly what that stat means, en route to a 76.4 run block grade last season. That's a number, but it's eighth best among all Power 5 tight ends with at least 200 snaps. So what PFF really likes about all 
is that stuff that maybe you can't exactly see play to play on the stat sheet. The run blocking, being able to open up holes for running backs and get guys through while also being talented as a catcher too. Again, 437 yards in 2021. This is somebody who PFF, again, in their sleeper little write-up category, says could be somebody who could really break out. But being ready to be the top tight end in the Big Ten, that is a big, tall task, especially when you've got guys like the number 10 player on our list, Sam Laporta, out of Iowa here as well. Laporta is the best statistical tight end that we're going to see on this top 25 list of tight ends from the Big Ten. 53 receptions, 670 yards, three touchdowns through the air at Iowa. Iowa using that tight end position a little bit more last season, but he's got the blocking, of course, Two, Iowa is not going to bring in players at the line or at tight end who are not going to be able to block. So being able to have him there and being able to do both of those things is really, really helpful. I mentioned two more tight ends on this list out of the Big Ten. First is Payne Durham out of Purdue. The second, Brevin Span Ford from Minnesota. I'm really interested to see what kind of season Durham has here. Last year, 45 receptions for 467 yards, and this is huge, six touchdowns at that tight end spot. So while Aiden O'Connell is without a doubt going to have his weapons to throw too deep, I still see him as a quarterback who has the potential to be top two in this conference this season. He's somebody who I think is going to, with maturity, which is what a lot of people are banking on from him, be able to be more consistent as a passer if he goes to a guy like Payne Durham more often. He comes in at number 17 on this list of top 25. And I think that if you're able to combine him with the rest of this potential in the Purdue offense, I mean, Durham may be, I mean, aside from O'Connell, of course, as far as O'Connell's weapons and reliabilities go, the most consistent player out there to be able to go for, of course, the check down, the over the middle stuff. You know how tight ends receiving works. But with him, I think there's a potential there to really break out and become like a top 10, top 5 tight end in this class. Aiden O'Connell's going to be good. He's going to want to be smart. He's going to want to go to players he can rely on to catch the football. Obviously, Purdue has been plenty of a big shot offense out there, too. We've seen that a ton from Jeff Brom teams and from Aiden O'Connell as well. I don't think there's going to be a lacking of that this season by any means. But when it comes to Purdue trying to get over that hump, when it comes to Aiden O'Connell trying to get over that hump, I think a guy like him, a guy like Durham, could be the key to really, really unlocking that next level. Maybe even not like what Durham does per se, but what Aiden O'Connell is able to unlock and what he can do with him. Because it's been that knock on O'Connell is that the consistency hasn't been there. Big arm, big plays. We've seen the flashes. We've seen what he can do against Big Ten defenses. But we haven't seen him be able to be quite as consistent with that big air offense as you would like to be if you're a Boilermaker fan. So, if you go to a guy like Payne Durham more often, I think he could be a huge, huge player that ends up being more than just that red zone target that he was last year with the six touchdowns. That doesn't go away, of course. But when you see 467 yards on 45 catches, I think that receptions number could go really, really up. For example, he wasn't lacking behind either. 53 was what Laporta had with his 670 yards, so only eight behind. But I think that even bigger roles could be in his future 
for Purdue this season. Final player on the list is out of Minnesota, Brevin Spanford, who, quite honestly, he comes in at number 20 out of 25. 23 receptions, 296 yards, and a touchdown last year. I see him being able to do the same kind of thing, maybe even to a bigger degree, because Minnesota in previous years has had all the weapons, right? I'm talking Chris Ottenbell. I'm talking Rashad Bateman. I'm talking Tyler Johnson before that. Tanner Morgan, while, again, a very experienced quarterback, and maybe I would argue has shown a little bit more consistency than uh, Aiden O'Connell, even though he hasn't been able to do the big things that O'Connell has done. Uh, A guy like Tanner Morgan, again, can really benefit in what I guess better be his last year at Minnesota. It seems like it's been forever he's been there now. He needs to be somebody who can be relied upon. In the same way we say about Durham, I think Brevin Spanford's the same kind of thing. And I think that's why he makes this top 25 list. Because to be quite honest, 23 for 296 and a touchdown doesn't jump out at you. He's a good blocker, of course. Minnesota has had a good offensive line the last few years. We'll get to that later on. But as far as him as a pass catcher, he even more so I think has that boom kind of projection and potential because uh, again Durham had good receiving numbers last season I just think he could go up that next step I think a guy like Brevin Spanford could also get to that same level but he's coming from further behind he's coming with less experience he's coming with less people really knowing about what he can do out there on the football field just because the opportunities have not been there for him quite yet as the experience is now there I don't know if PJ Fleck ends up wanting to use him all that much. It has not been a popular position for Minnesota to go to the tight end, but if he is utilized in that way, I think he has, again, that kind of a potential to really, really blow up. We're going to get into the offensive line here as PFF continues, again, to grade every single position group and give us projections in their top 25s or top 50s for quarterbacks it was in the country at each position. But before we get into the offensive line, a reminder that betonline.net, helping us bring you the show today, is the place to go, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news in every single league. News not just on what's going on in sports, but what's going on in sports betting. And if you're a sports better, you know that that kind of stuff is important to be knowledgeable going into putting your money in on something. If the spread's at three and a half, you might say, oh, that's a good number. But it was at six and a half at the start of the week. That's a huge shift. What's causing that? Bet Online has all of that stuff for you. You can get it all there at the one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs. Bet Online where the game starts. So the offensive line was split into two posts by Pro Football Focus here, offensive linemen on the outside and then interior linemen as well, ranking top 25 in each. I'm going to go into each individual section and then also give you combined numbers for teams too because that's what really matters. Of course, a unit on the offensive line. You're only as strong as your weakest link there. And we'll start, of course, with the Ohio State Buckeyes, because why wouldn't we? Ohio State, as by the way, out of these 50 players that are listed, I'm counting 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 Big Ten players out of 50. I guess when you're talking about Power 5, that splits up even, but Power 5 isn't all we're talking about when we're looking at these lists. So an impressive showing, as expected, in the offensive line rankings from the Big Ten. But again, we'll start at the very top of the offensive tackles list. So exterior linemen. And number one is Peter Skaronsky of Northwestern. 
this is a guy who just has earned this spot, really. As Pro Football Focus points out in their little write-up about him, he got put into the starting lineup as a freshman and has been really, really good ever since. Last two seasons, according to PFF's grading system, he has been a top 15 offensive tackle in all of the country. When you have that kind of a resume going in, it's going to be really, really hard to not have you, if not number one, top two or three in the entire country at the position. And again, Skaronsky does come in at number one. The question becomes then, what can Fitzgerald and Northwestern do with that? Jacob Root has been on the show plenty talking about the ups and downs of that coaching regime. So will there be another bounce back this year? Will it be back to the trenches in the standings? For Northwestern, even though they may be doing well with Skaronsky here in the physical trenches on the field, I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, if Northwestern's going to be successful, it's going to be largely in part because of this kind of a player who, again, does it every single play. Linemen are unique like that, in, not to get too far off topic here, but linemen are unique like that in that you really can only mess up a couple of times every game, right? Like major mess-ups. Like if a wide receiver misses out on a route, yeah, you're going to get burned some. Coach will have something to say to you, I'm sure. But that happens. Missing catches happens. Uh, just bad jumps for balls happens. Again, just to stay with wide receivers. Missing the hole as a, wide, as a running back, it happens. It's not quite as excusable if you're an offensive lineman. You're expected to make that block, make your steps every single time. And when you don't, it becomes blaringly obvious one, in how badly you get beat, but then also your quarterback usually doesn't end up quite as clean as he was if you're not making clean blocks. So Skaronsky, again, just model of consistency, no-brainer kind of pick to make this number one spot on our list. And the next school, of course, we have to get to is Ohio State. Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson, number two and number five on this list. I'm going to go ahead and skip to interior linemen. Ohio State puts two on that list as well. Luke Weipler and Matthew Jones, both of them, all of them, four players from the Ohio State Buckeyes make the top 25 on either exterior or interior linemen. So that's two tackles, a center, and a guard. Four out of five offensive line positions for Ohio State, according to PFF, are among the top 25 in their position groups in the country. This is what makes Ohio State different. I firmly believe that an offensive line is something that can be molded by a coaching staff, a good offensive line. Even if you don't have the best players, you can, with good coaching, put together a mix of good players and okay players, and with experience, get them to be an elite unit. There are the schools that do that. And then there are the schools who just go out and get the best players. Ohio State has always been that in the Big Ten, and it is never more obvious than when you look at these offensive line rankings here. Again, four players there. Number two and number five offensive tackles, and number six and 16 interior linemen as well. That guard, Matthew Jones, I think he may have been second highest guard in all of college football because the interior linemen are built up into guards and then centers. So he was, it was, oh no, it was actually fifth best offensive lineman, yeah, according to the top 25. So a mix of just really, really good players when you combine it with everything else Ohio State does. I mean, we'll get to this in a second, but Ohio State has four offensive linemen. There's only one other school with multiple offensive linemen on this list. Ohio State dominates this. 
It's why they're able to dominate most Big Ten teams more than anything else. You hear it from coaches that are rebuilding rosters, that things start in the trenches. You don't always hear it as much from the teams that are already at the top, but it's really a lot of the time because the teams that are at the top are at the top because they've been recruiting in the trenches so well. It's not as much of a worry for someone like Ryan Day. He knows he's going to be able to get really, really good players at every single position group, but of course in the offensive line as well. And you see it here, evident, as Ohio State dominates not only the Big Ten, but I think other than maybe a couple of SEC schools, there wasn't even anybody who could compete with the lineup that Ohio State brought on this line. So those four, DeWand Jones, Paris Johnson Jr., Luke Weipler, and Matthew Jones. I'll say him again just because it doesn't need repeating all that much after this. Ohio State is going to dominate with their offensive line here this season. I would be surprised if any team was really, really able to get under their skin. Again, maybe a coach can strategize for it. We'll see what happens. But as we'll talk about often going into this season, Ohio State looks maybe even more so than last year. As far as the complete team, just more more built and dominant than every other big team out there. Even with the loss of, of course, the wide receivers and everything else that they do lose, I feel like the full roster as a whole, maybe it won't be the same kind of flashy offense we saw when Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were there, but it will be strategically, structurally, with the talent on there, easily far and away the best team in the Big Ten. We're going to say that a lot more, so I won't say it again right now. In fact, I'm sure next time I say it, whenever episode that is, I'll be talking more about again how we won't say it much, but we, ha- we have to. It has to be touched on as we continue to go through this preseason. Anywho, moving on. I mentioned another school with multiple linemen on this list. It is the Michigan Wolverines. Coming in at number 23 on the offensive tackles list was Ryan Hayes. And then coming in at number 5 on the interior lineman list was center Olusegan Aluatimi. I hope I'm saying that right. But again, Michigan, like Ohio State, recruits with the best in the Big Ten. Ohio State's on another level, but when you go back beyond that, it's Michigan. And then probably even everybody else. Penn State gets in there. Uh, Other teams have good recruiting classes. But as far as consistently getting in and out, Michigan's been number two to Ohio State for quite a bit now. I don't need to explain to you why that is. And you see it again in these stats too. These are teams who are going to dominate the Big Ten, have been dominating the Big Ten because of this. And I feel like I'm beating a dead horse by saying it. But you'll see, you'll see when the season starts up that these teams are able to make up for mistakes even too because of the ability of the offensive line to just be there, be consistent. It's so much more stressful. And if you're a fan of a team that doesn't have a good offensive line, you know this. It is so much more stressful to go through a game having to think about that offensive line every single play, every single time your quarterback dropped back. You're wondering, how long will he have? How long until someone gets through? If you're an Ohio State or a Michigan fan, I don't think you have to worry about that as much as many, many other teams in the Big Ten. I think that's the big, big thing I was trying to get to before when I said I think this is a unit-based thing, something a coaching staff can mold. But at the same time, when you look at the schools who have players on this list, it's Northwestern, Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan State. Outside of Northwestern last season, these are teams who have been playing well. Michigan State's on the come-up. Wisconsin's always been good. Minnesota's on that come-up, too. So when you look up and down this list 
a team like Minnesota is a perfect example. They've had a really good offensive line the last few years with players on it who have been and would be on this list. They've been that good. Now not all those players are still there. But I still have faith that Minnesota's going to have a good offensive line this season because one, one of them is still there, leadership kind of ability and ability to move across the line and go up against the best defender too. But more than that, I think you have players behind him ready to step in who learned from those players before them and are able to play in this system before they step out onto the field in a way that, again, I can't explain as I'm not a coach. Someone would have to get on here and try to explain it to me. I'm not going to pretend to know the game like that. But when you look at what makes the good offensive lines, I feel like more than any other unit, it's the most coachable unit to get to a level that you need it to be. In that the talent does not have to be there as much as you can cover it up with good coaching, good scheming, and being able to just work as a team. Work as a group of five players to make sure whoever, however many, six, seven, eight, five are rushing in. Whatever it is, you're going to be able to handle it. I think that comes with experience. I think that comes with confidence, which can only be brought through experience to an extent. And I think it comes with, honestly, being bad for a while, getting on the field, seeing what you're doing wrong. It's something that, again, coaches can teach really well and get people in through practice. But I think that whole process is such an art, at least in my opinion, that when you look at these top 25 lists, I think it's a good indicator, not because of the individuals, but because of the staffs that they're a part of and the teams that they're a part of. You look at them and the history of those teams, it lines up. The teams that have these guys are not only playing well on the offensive line, but are just playing well and winning football games as a whole. And I think that's really what's most important when you're talking about a top 50 offensive line list real, that when we're quite being honest, uh, it's not all that much to talk about. They got to block. They got to push the guy. They got to make sure he doesn't get behind. But these guys are the best of the best, as evident by this list and as evident by what we've seen on the film. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up here on Locked on Big Ten. As always, be sure to tune in to our YouTube if you're not watching on video. Or if you are watching on video and haven't gone on the podcast in a while, make sure you're still subscribed. Maybe once you do unsubscribe, resubscribe. I really don't know how all that stuff works. But subscribing is good, I hear. So subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, on YouTube, it's Locked on Big Ten, Locked on Big One Zero. Wherever you watch, listen to all of our content here on the network. Also, as we have gone through the week, we have been giving you the bet online top 50 most valuable players in the NFL in the preseason, according to the odds makers. These are the players who move the lines the most. The top 50 in the NFL, individual guys who win they're on the roster, the odds makers are saying this is something that changes the line. So who are they? You can of course tune in to find out on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts right now. Today's the last day, so you can see who numbers 10 through 1 are. Just a quick hint, they're all quarterbacks. And you'll be able to, of course, be educated going into this NFL betting season. Something we could all use a little bit more of. Again, it's the top 50 most valuable players in the NFL, according to Bet Online and the Odds Makers, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Wrapping up the show here today, only a couple of things to get to. First off, the Medal of Honor recipients have been announced for the Big Ten's academic season. It's 28 players, 
a men's and women's sports representative from each school, honored for their distinguished academic ability. Uh, there are some big names on it. Gable Stevenson, a wrestler from Minnesota, of course, has been on that list, is on that list as Minnesota male representative there. So if you want to know who your academic leaders are in the athletic department, you can, of course, look that up. Big10.org has it, obviously, and all sorts of other places, too. I'm not going to give you all 28 names right now, unfortunately. I'm sure everyone would love to hear it. Another Big Ten news. Big stuff going on in recruiting. Not a huge week for commitments as official visits are starting to wind down, but one big one for Ohio State. Four-star wide receiver Jelani Thurman commits to Ohio State. Check that tight end, not a wide receiver, but again, guy catching the ball. And also three-star wide receiver. This one is a wide receiver. Uh, Famature, and I again, hope I'm pronouncing that right. He will head to Rutgers. Once you officially get on the campus, I will officially learn how to pronounce your name i promise uh, that's a little bit of everything going on in the big 10 here today we'll be back on monday with jay stevens to go over anything that happens in the big 10 over the weekend and as always follow us on twitter at locked on big 10 that's locked on big one zero wherever your podcasts it's the same wherever you watch on youtube it's the same as well. Well, you watch on YouTube. It's not wherever you watch on YouTube. You watch on YouTube, Locked On Big Ten. You know what I'm saying. I'm at Nate with sports. Until next time, this has been Locked On Big Ten.